Welcome everyone to Nuck If You Buck, the Milwaukee Bucks podcast that explains how your local team stacks up against the rest of the NBA. Hey Hoopheads, once you finish listening to this episode, be sure to check out the rest of the Hoopheads podcast network for even more great basketball content. Hey there, hi there, ho there. Welcome to Nuck If You Buck, the Milwaukee Bucks show hosted by me, Devin Zanskis, and presented by Hoopheads as always. Today I'm coming at just solo, but we have the Donovan Mitchell trade shaking up the Eastern Conference cover. Donovan Mitchell was traded to the Cleveland Cavaliers, I believe it was this past Thursday, as of recording here at around 3.30 p.m. Last Thursday, Donovan Mitchell was acquired by the Cleveland Cavaliers for Colin Sexton in a sign-in trade. He agreed to a a four-year, $72 million deal, roughly. I've heard mixed reports where it's uh, like $70 70 million, uh, 950,000, um, and could be up to 72 million, uh, 950,000 uh, or whatever. You get the idea. <laughs> so Colin Sexton and his new deal, uh, Lori Marketing, Ochai, Ochai Agbaji, excuse me, plus three unprotected first round picks and two pick swaps. Someone pointed out that these unprotected picks start in 2025, which will be, I believe, 2024 is uh, Bronny James's year where he'll be a draft pick. So <laughs> somehow amidst this enormous trade, there are people talking about LeBron coming back to Cleveland for a second time, you know, returning for a second time for his third stint. You know what I'm saying? Um, so yeah, pretty crazy. The first thing that I thought of when I heard this report was, uh, a John Gambadoro, excuse me if I'm saying that incorrectly, I've seen the name around though. He had reported about a week prior that, uh, in addition to the Knicks, which seemed, you know, must've been the betting favorite up until the trade, um, for getting Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, it seemed almost like faded complete that Donovan would be on the Knicks. Uh, alas, that did not happen after the R.J. Baird extension. However, uh, Gambadoro reported that in addition to the Knicks, Cleveland, Washington, and the Hornets were interested in Mitchell. And I almost thought about including some analysis on these three teams in a previous recording, but... We have uh, Kevin Durant staying and a bunch of other news built up. So kind of worked out perfectly now that we have all the facts and we can kind of analyze these, um, try to see if there was a better option out there. Because uh, Stefan Bondi of uh, the New York Daily News also reported that that there are people uh, within the Knicks organi- organization that feel like they indeed had the better offer than the Cavs and they sort of got blackballed. I know there were others, you know, people that I listen to on a regular basis, listening to their podcasts, that is, that say that, you know, the the Knicks organization showing up to the to the Mavs Jazz game was uh really left a a bitter taste in in the Jazz mouth. So maybe maybe 
Maybe there was a bit of spite there, but I don't know. I even spent some time after the fact trying to put together a deal for the Knicks. I know others had reported that it was possible, but it was uh, pretty difficult for me to build a trade, um, at least including R.J. Barrett uh, for Donovan Mitchell due to the poison pill provision. I know, I know this, uh, especially with Ben Simmons. Um, when people were first concocting Ben Simmons trades, uh, basically when a uh, first-round pick gets extended, uh, for them to be, if they were to be traded uh, before their extension kicks in, then the poison pill provision says that for the new team acquiring uh, this former first-round draft pick, the incoming salary counts... Um, as the average of the deal um, and not just their uh, salary for the next year. But for the, for the team that's sending out the player with the poison pill provision, uh, that player's uh, current salary still counts on the book. So all that said, the Knicks in a trade dealing RJ Barrett would have had to treat him as a, $10 million salary, $10.9 million salary. That's what he. That's what he's going to be making the next year. However, if you take the average of his $10.9 million uh, plus his uh, salary moving forward, um, four years for an average annual salary of about uh, $30 million. Uh, if the Jazz, for example, would be taking back R.J. Barrett in a deal, uh, that would have actually counted as uh, over $26 because that would be the average of uh, his new extension um, plus uh, next year's salary over five years. So <laughs> uh, I'll just say I waved the white flag yesterday in trying to put, put that deal together. Um, but the other two teams we were talking about, uh, Washington and Charlotte, they could have both given up the same amount of picks, it looks like, as Cleveland. Uh, so then the debate really really becomes um, how much better are the other players you'd be swapping in? Um, and also how much do you trust uh, you know, the success of the team moving forward? That might be the, the biggest factor. So for Washington, which... For one, I would not, uh, if I were a Wizards fan, I would not necessarily want uh, to just have Bradley Beal, Donovan, Donovan Mitchell, and not a ton else, and no draft picks moving forward. So maybe good on Washington for not doing this. I had Washington sending out Will Barton, Kyle Kuzma, Daniel Gafford, and roughly similar uh, uh draft compensation yeah i guess i don't know kyle kuzma's uh stock uh has definitely not been falling i would say uh since leaving the lakers except for just maybe not getting as much shine but uh, i don't know i think kyle kuzma built up a heck of a reputation for himself um you know as not only a scorer but also the, the ability to play defense uh, I don't know I think that's a that's a pretty good 
pretty good asset, I must say, uh, for lack of a better better term. But Sexton's still a young guy. Uh, plus uh, Ochai, uh, he's still yet to be seen. So uh, even though this wasn't a draft pick for, for the Utah Jazz, uh, it's still got uh, some of its... Uh, you know, some of the some of the mystery and intrigue there with a guy who's uh, yet to show his stuff. But then uh, the deal I had for the Hornets was Terry Rozier, Mark Williams, Kai Jones, and you know similar uh, outrageous number of picks. Rozier is a better player right now than Colin Sexton. It might be close. Um, I don't know if people would fight me on that or not, but uh, that was my. Uh, my inclination. Uh, Mark Williams, similar intrigue to Ochai Obaji, uh, j- taking just a couple picks um, earlier, so maybe a little more intrigue. Uh, the Jazz already do have Walker Kessler from the Minnesota Timberwolves, but um, I don't know, after the Gobert trade, even, even with uh, Walker Kessler there, I'd say the center spot is their biggest hole for sure, even though you know they they've now gotten back uh you know you know a, a surplus of players just in quantity not necessarily quality of course but uh the jazz have the jazz almost have a problem of too many rotation guys uh at this point uh just in regards to where they want to go moving forward with their tank uh Kai Jones, another young guy, uh, worth taking a flyer on. And yeah, a bunch of picks, but yeah, maybe Washington and and Charlotte are in a similar spot. And um, so maybe wise on both of them not to go all in for Donovan Mitchell and, and mortgage their mortgage, their future and. But if I'm the Jazz, I would have probably been a lot more interested in those picks as opposed to Cleveland's, knowing that they're going to have uh, Mitchell plus Mobley, Garland, and Jared Allen. Uh, I thought it was pretty nuts that that uh, that that the Jazz didn't didn't even get back Jared Allen in this deal, but uh, picks clearly made up for it. Uh, Plus, good on good on the Cavs for being able to move on from from Sexton, and uh, you know, have him be an enormous part of this package. Uh, I actually I wrote up one report uh, regarding Colin Sexton going elsewhere, and then I was going to try to kill two birds with one stone, reformulate the previous report that I had written, largely around Colin Sexton, and turn it into an article. Um, somewhere else but I uh gotta rework that a little bit so moving on here trying to keep a tight ship I'm already recorded twice this past week really so only plan on going 15 to 20 we'll see uh how far I get there already over 12 minutes so I might I might kind of say screw it and keep going but Figure that made sense after recording for around 45 with uh, Brandon 
uh, Garcia uh, last Wednesday. Without further ado, so I tried to predict uh, what I thought the Eastern Conference standings would look like after this deal, and it was kind of a harsh reminder of how much better the East has gotten. And yeah, I'm not hugely confident in this, so I think I'm going to emphasize the three tiers that I'm putting the top nine teams in the East. Uh, so I had the Celtics one out of respect. Uh, I think the Bucks could easily be one, but you know they had previously beaten us in the playoffs, even though we didn't have uh, Chris. Uh, they still got uh, Brogdon for a bag of beans. In addition to Gallinari, unfortunately, Gallinari tore, tore his ACL, the same ACL he had torn uh, almost 10 years ago. So he's uh, going to be less of a factor, unfortunately, but still having Brogdon as a sixth man if he's healthy is a, is a pretty absurd. I have the Bucks slotting in at number two, of course. Um, yeah, knowing that we'll have... Uh, Chris back. Uh, of course, there's a bit of bit of pause with him because he had hurt uh, his knee in the playoffs, and then I remember being really confused when I had heard he got uh, he got surgery uh, on another body part over the off season. So I can't with 100% confidence say when Chris Middleton will be back, but um, but I don't believe it'll be for too much of the season stay tuned there number three i have the sixers i think them being able to build um on what they started last year having a bit more camaraderie and then of course the absurdity that is james harden actually taking a pay cut uh to bring in pj tucker and daniel house and uh take pj from the heat i think that is Something I won't quite get over until we see uh, chips fall where they may with the Sixers. Plus the development of Tyrese Maxey. Uh, yeah, I think the Sixers are going to be a force and they're going to they're gonna be a problem for the Bucks. I would still put my money on the Bucks. Fifth, I had the Nets. Nets could obviously be anywhere on this board. Um... Who knows, but I think uh, Vegas right now has them uh, potentially third. I think I went over last time. We are tied with them for third, although Vegas put them above us in the listing with the same odds. I'm not quite sure how that works. I'm not not quite a betting man, but yeah, just based on that. And of course, uh, what they are on paper, people, I think Zach Lowe, had a joke about um, always referring to the Nets as who they are uh, on paper, but I thought it was appropriate to kind of throw them in right in the middle there with uh, Joe Harris coming back, and then, of course, uh, the additions of, of uh, T.J. Warren and Royce O'Neal adding you know, a bit more size on the perimeter, which they needed, uh, in addition to, of course, Ben Simmons. Uh, not looking forward to facing them or the Cavaliers, who I finally have at fifth. Uh, 
you know, they'll not only slotting in uh, Donovan Mitchell for Sexton, who missed all but 11 games last year, um, and I guess Laurie Markinen, but they'll still have Karis LeVert uh, and Kevin Love coming off the bench in addition to Ricky Rubio. I'm not sure exactly when he'll be healthy because I think he tore his ACL midway through the season, but, you know, having, having Lavert and Love off the bench alone is is a luxury, and then being able to get Rubio, similar to us, and uh, Joe Ingles midway through the season. Uh, yeah, un- unbelievable. This middle tier is sort of, I would say, the uh, the point where I really stop and say, and, and like quest- question what to do with all these rankings because a lot of these teams I, you know, I feel like in any other year could have easily been uh, a shoe-in for um, home court in the playoffs. And yeah, I have Heat, I have the Heat there at number six, which feels like an insult. Um, they, I believe they were even, they even the number one seed last year. That's kind of, kind of nuts to have them down all the way at six. I know they lost PJ Tucker, who will be, will be missed tremendously. And they didn't really, they didn't really replace him with anyone. Uh, but for them to fall five spots here just doesn't feel quite right. And uh, they're one of the teams that I could still absolutely see uh, proving me quite wrong. Um, I have the Hawks jumping a couple spots with the DeJounte Murray addition. They clearly underperformed last year. Uh, but we shan't forget that the that the uh, Hawks gave us a bit of a scare in the Eastern Conference uh, Finals just two years ago. So, you know, I feel like they could... Saying that they could be in the driver's seat in the play-in tournament is not uh, quite a reach. Um, especially with the DeJounte Murray edition. Um, I have the Raptors at number eight. Uh, another team just like the Heat that could very well prove me wrong, but they don't have any huge additions uh, at all. When I was drafting this out, I wrote down who I thought the team's top eight would be, and the only newcomer here is Otto Porter. So um, not a ton of excitement there compared to uh, everything else that's gone on in the East, but you could certainly see more growth uh out of Scotty Barnes as well. And then I have the Bulls at number nine. Um, they, like the Cavs, uh, held the number one slot at one point last year. Uh, eventually fell down to six where they played us. And uh, having them fall another three spots uh, doesn't feel great, but You know, there's been there's been some murmurs about Ball, Lonzo Ball, that is improving in terms of his health, but I don't know if that outweighs uh, 
you know, the negativity that there was there uh, not long ago, earlier this summer, when people were really scratching their heads as to, you know, why Ball wasn't progressing as much uh, in his rehab. They still have Levine and DeRozan. Could have a, well, Patrick Williams missed most of last year, and he plays a crucial position for them at power forward. But still a young guy. Voos is a pretty polarizing center. Isn't going to help them on defense, um, which is something they could use a lot of help with. At least they, they did get Andre Drummond, who can, you know, fill in when when it's not quite Vuce's night. Um, also, Drogic will be a good uh, backup, particularly uh, until Ball returns, and just a, a good flyer to have. As uh, Right now, I have him as like a ninth man, if we're including Ball in the lineup. And I will quickly now go over... Uh, past three Greece games that have occurred, uh, a couple close ones, and then just today, uh, Greece blew out uh, Great Britain, won by 16 without Giannis. Uh, I don't know if, if a blowout is super accurate, but uh, definitely says a lot that that they won by double digits without Giannis. Um, this literally just happened though. I wasn't able to find a link to watch the game myself and there's not a ton of news out of it besides the fact that, um, you know, Mark Stein reported before the game that Giannis would be out and that load management had made its way to Europe. Um, besides that, I couldn't even find a box score for this one. So, uh, have a bit less FOMO for this game, uh, since Giannis isn't even playing. And since they won by so much, but uh, much closer games. Uh, two four-point victories, actually, in the previous two contests. First was against Croatia, where Giannis had uh, 27 points, 11 rebounds, 6 assists, and 3 blocks. Tyler Dorsey also had 27 points with uh, 5 rebounds and 2 assists. The High score for Croatia was uh, Jalen Smith, who had 23 points, 5 rebounds, uh, 4 assists. I believe, uh, though, unfortunately for uh, Smith, he was the individual uh, that was blocked by Giannis. One of the craziest Giannis blocks. Um, it's hard to say <laughs> where it ranks among crazy Giannis blocks, but... Uh, but Giannis ended up blocking a corner three uh, against Smith with just 10 seconds left. And uh, he had begun his stride to the to the contest from literally the paint uh, near the restricted area and took off from just a step outside the paint and still blocked the shot. Uh, it's one of the more unbelievable blocks I've ever seen and then he he uh right away after the block after the block he immediately sprints down court and then converts an and one while fall falling to the ground 
<laughs> moving towards his right, he still banks it in uh, to uh, yeah clinch the game with 4.9 seconds remaining. Uh, not even a, a minute of game action earlier, too. Giannis also um, blocked uh, Avica Zubac of the Clippers. Um, um, yeah, and then after that block, he also uh, got got a dunk on the other end uh, to push Greece's lead to four. Just a two-point game uh, when Giannis got that block on Zubac where he thought it was uh, just an easy lay-in. Uh, and then... Uh, Yeah, of course, Greece also beat Italy by 4, 85 to 81. Giannis had 25 points, 11 rebounds, 3 assists. Dorsey um, had 23 points and uh, 3 rebounds. Uh, Kane Pittman on Lockdown Bucks uh, just said today in an episode that I was listening to that the combo of Giannis and Dorsey are averaging about 45 points a game. And... uh, I know I had previously uh, begun a campaign, if you will, uh, starting the movement to get Tyler Dorsey on the Bucks. I, but when I initially uh, said that, I didn't realize that he was already on a two-way with the Mavs. So congrats, uh, you know, <laughs> retroactively to Tyler Dorsey on uh, already having some more NBA minutes ahead of him. I had recognized him previously uh, for... For a stint in the league, uh, but I didn't know he was still currently there. So continue uh, to wish him well, and then uh, the high the high high scorer uh, for the whole game actually uh, ahead of Giannis and Dorsey was uh, Simone uh, Fontecchio who will actually be playing for the Jazz this year. He had uh, 26 points, 4 rebounds, 5 assists, uh, 2 steals, and 2 blocks, but still uh, was not quite enough to uh, get Italy over over the hump, and uh, Greece takes it again. Uh, 85 uh, to 81. I should also say that uh, the previous game, Croatia, uh, outside of their leading scorer that I had recognized. Uh, Croatia had uh, several other NBA players. We talked about Giannis's block on Zubak with only uh, 57 seconds remaining, but they also had Bojan Bogdanovic, uh, Mario Hazonia, former lottery pick, uh, Dario Saric, and uh, Carlo Metkovic, who was a second-round pick uh, by the New Orleans Pelicans this year. So, yeah, not uh, not just simply an easy win for uh, Greece in that first contest uh, versus uh, Croatia. And, yeah, I will be touching base again with uh, more Anadokounmpo ball. I... Uh, 
I was just reminded today, again on Lockdown Bucks, that I believe this is still only the group stage of uh, European basketball. So much more to come, I believe. But until then, I'll see you in another life, brother. Thank you for tuning in to Nuck If You Buck, the Milwaukee Bucks podcast. We hope you join us again soon. See you in another life, brother.